Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, A Tale Dark and Grim by Adam Gidwitz. I'll read aloud. So we ended our last episode um, in the middle of chapter three. So this podcast is going to be a little bit of a shorter one as we're just going to wrap up the third chapter. So without further ado, I shall begin. In time, one of the children of the town told Gretel the whole story. And a few other children, wide-eyed and earnest, confirmed it. Everyone in the little town knows everything about everybody. We can't live here anymore, she implored her brother that night. It's our fault that the boys were turned into swallows. We must do something. Hansel was devastated. Aren't there any good parents in all the wide world, he muttered. It's my fault. Gretel said, for the children had told her how badly the father wanted a daughter. He did it because of me, she turned to Hansel. We've got to find them. What? Who? The swallows. How are we going to find seven little birds out there? He said, and gestured at the window of the room. The gesture was so weak and small that it made out there seem utterly unconquerable. Gretel didn't know, but she did know that they had to try. Otherwise, her heart would break from guilt. Hansel didn't think they had any hope of finding them, but he had suddenly begun to worry that this new father would wish him into a swallow too. So he agreed to go and try. When the night was heavy and their new parents were asleep, Hansel and Gretel slipped out into the darkness to find the seven swallows. They walked all night and all next day and all the next night. I still don't know how we're going to find them, Hansel sighed. (sighs) Gretel shook her head, but as the sun came up the next morning, dazzling their eyes, Gretel said, I know, the sun! She sees us everywhere we go. She must know what happened to the seven swallow boys. Let's ask her. Hansel thought she was crazy. On the other hand, he didn't have any other better ideas. So Hansel and Gretel climbed the tallest tree they could until they were right up near the sun. They tried to speak to her, but she was too hot and terrible. They had to hide their faces. Hansel tugged on Gretel's shirt. I think she eats children, Hansel whispered. Gretel thought he was probably right. They climbed back down the tree and started walking again. That evening, as the moon rose above the trees, Gretel said, The moon sees us just as much as the sun, and he is not so hot and terrible. Let's go and ask him. So they climbed the tallest tree and got as near as they dared to the moon. The moon wasn't hot and terrible. Instead, he was cold and creepy. Fee-fi-fo-fesh. I think I smell child flesh, he said. Hansel and Gretel hurried down the tree as quickly as they could. Yes, the moon really did say that. No, I don't think the moon ate people either. But it says so right in the original Grimm. And I looked it up, so it's true. Scared and dejected, Hansel and Gretel walked on until they came to a beautiful lake 
that shimmered in the starlight. We've been walking forever, Hansel said. We'll never find them. Can't we just give up? But Gretel's guilt was bubbling like a boiling pot inside her. It's my fault that our new mother's sons have disappeared, Gretel moaned. She began to weep, and her tears fell into, shim into the shimmering lake. When they landed, they shook the reflection of the stars on the water, waking them from their glittering sleep. Whose tears have woken us? the stars asked. At first, Hansel and Gretel were scared. Did stars eat children too? But the shining stars seemed far nicer than the blistering sun or the creepy moon. So Gretel told the stars all her troubles. We've seen the seven swallows flying, the stars said. They live in the crystal mountain. You can save them, but it will take great courage and sacrifice. The mountain is months of hard travel from here. If you decide to go, take this chicken bone with you. It will open the door to the crystal mountain and let the seven swallows out. Just then, the children noticed a chicken bone beneath the surface of the water at the edge of the pool. Hansel did not want to go. Months, he bleated. But Gretel said, please, Hansel. And she grabbed his arm and held it tight. At first, Hansel resisted. But once he saw that his sister would not change her mind and that he was losing feeling in his arm, he reluctantly agreed. So Gretel put the chicken bone in her pocket, and the two children journeyed for a month and a day, and then another, and then another. They passed through dark forests and sunny fields, blazing deserts, and muck-filled swamps. They grew up much during their travels, and became strong and lean from hardship and perseverance. Gretel carried her smoldering guilt with her always. But it was bearable, so long as she knew she was doing something about it. Finally, they came to a massive mountain range and proceeded through the whipping snow and wind. The peaks of the mountains rose up, white and sharp, all around them, like the craggy teeth of some stone beast. Above the sky was pale and clear, but so, so cold. Their cheeks became red and chapped, their lips blue with frostbite. Hansel wanted to turn back, but Gretel would not let him. After days and days of climbing, they finally arrived at the Crystal Mountain. It was tremendous, the most wonderful thing they had ever seen. Its crystalline crags rose straight up from the ice and snow that lay at its base. Kestrels and merlins twirled around its peaks screaming to the skies. It's beautiful, Hansel murmured, and Gretel nodded wordlessly. At last, he said, I, could have, I couldn't have gone any farther. Before them was an enormous door made of ice, with a keyhole just about the width of a finger, or a chicken bone. Gretel reached into her pocket, she found nothing. She reached down farther, and farther, and farther, until she felt the cold alpine air swirling around one of her fingers. 
She had a hole in her pocket. She had lost the bone. They looked all around for it. When did you last have it? Hansel asked. Last night? The night before? But Gretel couldn't remember, and she became more and more afraid. Soon she collapsed on the ground and sobbed until her little body nearly broke. All these months, she wept, for nothing! What I've taken you through and failed our new mother! Hansel wrapped Gretel up in their traveling cloaks, and as the night came on, lay down beside her to sleep. But Gretel could not sleep after many an hour of her tears subsided. But still she could only think of her failure. Her guilt burned her like scouring wind. And then the stars came out and reminded her of her failure again and she felt so guilty, so foolish, so worthless, that she could not even look at them. Near daybreak, she looked down the long path that she and Hansel had trod. They would have to go back now, having accomplished nothing. Months and months more of suffering, and all the while her guilt would throb inside her. Suddenly, Gretel ran to the door of the Crystal Mountain and began to bang with all her might, pleading to be let in. She banged so hard, in fact, that she cut herself on a shard of ice. She woke her sleeping brother, who offered to tend to her wound, but she refused. I'd rather make it worse, she said. She picked up a sliver of ice, as sharp as a knife, and brought it down on her middle finger, severing it from her hand. Hansel stared, aghast. Gretel's face was white, and her voice trembled when she said, Now we can make things right. She was bleeding swiftly from where the finger used to be, but she stood and walked, resolute and grim, to the door of the mountain. She picked up the finger, slid it into the keyhole, and turned it. The door opened. I'm sorry. I wish I could have skipped this part. I really do. Gretel cutting off her own finger and putting it into a keyhole? If there was any question about the truth of this part of the story, I would have left it out altogether. Maybe she could have found another chicken bone, or maybe if she had wished hard enough and said some magic word, the door could have opened on its own. But there's no doubt about the finger. Besides, if I left it out, you'd be wondering why Gretel had only nine fingers at the end of this book. Which reminds me of another question you're probably asking. Why did the door open? I don't know. A finger is enough like a chicken bone, I guess. Why a chicken bone? In the first place? Again, I don't know. I have no idea why either a chicken bone or a finger should open the Crystal Mountain. As for the location of the Crystal Mountain, that's quite clear. And if you have any interest, I'd be happy to share it with you. Just write me. Now I've got to say something about cutting off one's own finger, in case any young children are still reading or hearing this tale, which would be almost beyond belief, given all of the terrible things that have happened so far. Cutting off your finger, my friends, is about the stupidest thing you could do. Don't do it. You, you won't be able to...
you won't be able to open anything with your finger. Only Gretel could. Why? I've already told you. I don't know. Though it may have something to do with sacrifice. As the door swung open, a storm of brown wings knocked the children back onto the snow, and seven swallows swirled out of the mountain. They settled on the ground, their black eyes studying Hansel and Gretel curiously. It didn't work, Gretel said incredulously, her bleeding hand really beginning to hurt. Hansel watched the swallows walk mutely around on the white snow. He didn't know what to say. They were still birds. He wanted to cry. After a few moments of painful, confused silence, Gretel bent down beside the smallest swallow. It's time to go home, little bird, she said. Your mother misses you. The swallow held her in its black gaze. Hansel thought back to the boys' father, and suddenly he remembered that tear hanging from the end of his nose. Your father misses you too, he told him. Suddenly the claws on the swallow's feet softened, and their thin black legs began to lengthen and grow thick. Wings stretched outward until fingers appeared at their ends, and then there were wrists, elbows, shoulders, and all the rest. The swallow's black eyes paled, their feathers turned to hair and clothes, and finally, in a circle around Hansel and Gretel, stood the seven brothers. He misses us? The little one asked. Hansel and Gretel, amazed by the transformation, nodded dumbly. The boys began to rejoice, and after a fit of hugging and laughing and cheering, the eldest turned to Hansel and Gretel and invited them into the Crystal Mountain, where they all drank warm milk and ate black forest cookies and talked late into the evening. The next day, the brothers invited Hansel and Gretel to return home with them. Hansel and Gretel said that they wanted to talk it over as soon as they were alone. Hansel said, I don't want to, Gretel. I don't want to go with them. Gretel nodded solemnly. Hansel sat down heavily on the ground. I don't want to live with a father that could do something like that to his children. He thought back to all the parents he had known. His father had cut off his head. The baker woman had tried to eat Gretel. And then this new father had wished his sons into birds. Gretel was thinking the same thing. She felt the space on her hand where her finger had been. She looked up at Hansel. He was leaner and stronger than she had ever seen him. They had both grown much over the diff difficult journey to the Crystal Mountain. Perhaps we don't need parents at all, she said. Perhaps we can take care of ourselves. Yes, Hansel cried, leaping to his feet. Let's live without any terrible parents at all. And so the two brave children, now a little older and a lot wiser, and with only ni 19 fingers between them, set off into the world to find a life that they could call their own. I won't even bother saying the end anymore. You know it isn't. As for the next story, it is really dark. Frightening things happen. You may feel upset. I'm talking to the big kids now. 
And as for the little ones, if they're still around, I warn you, I plead with you, make them go away. Don't let them hear this story. They may have nightmares. No, they will have nightmares. At least read it yourself first. Then, if you think that they can take it, maybe, maybe you can read it to them. And then, you have only yourself to blame if they can't sleep for a week. And that is the end of chapter three. So on our next episode, we will begin with chapter four, brother and sister. Hope you guys enjoyed.